0: Thank you for joining me for today's BeastWatch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, beastwatchnews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers-Brown. In the news this week, some situations that may be moving us toward the Great Tribulation sooner rather than later. The U.S. has a border problem. Will the U.S. let thousands of Central Americans into the country? Israel's border problems continue. Russia is making veiled threats to the United States that nuclear war is coming, and microchipping of human beings may be about to get in a great big hurry. Getting you chipped is becoming more of an agenda. But first, Jordan has withdrawn from a treaty with Israel. All is not well between Jordan and Israel King Abdullah II of Jordan has opted out of the 1994 peace treaty with Israel Sunday's announcement by King Abdullah II took Israel by surprise A stunned silence settled over Israeli news outlets for a few hours Finally, Israel politicians began to talk According to the Jerusalem Post the government-to-government ties between Jerusalem and Amman is strong with both sides recognizing that while the other might not always do what they want both their interests are supremely served by peace and cooperation where there is a problem is at the people-to-people level the Jerusalem Post goes on to say that the problem is with the Jordanian people there is no mention in the J post article about the culpability of the Israelis in this matter in case anyone has forgotten this lesson in democracies the people rule the day technically Jordan is a constitutional monarchy but with parliamentary elections elections are the basis of democracy though some would argue that point but my point is that any time the people are given this kind of voice it will always be the people that rule democracy is Esau's form of government created by him at Mount Seir read Genesis 36 and then listen to the Esau effect and then exported to Greece where it became one of the beasts of Daniel which conquered and occupied Israel we know from history that Greece is the beginning and seat of democracy this is why there is no voting in Yahweh's kingdom you and I don't have a say in how it's run we either agree and submit or we don't get to be citizens of it the parcels in question in this treaty are Bukura and Gumar, two areas that were leased to Jerusalem for 25 years with automatic renewal unless Jordan decides to not renew the lease. And that's what Jordan did, decided to not renew the lease. One parcel is in the Arava Desert north of Elat and the other is in the Jordan Valley close to the Sea of Galilee. What are some of the pressures that caused Jordan to back away from Israel and what does it mean prophetically? well there have been a few incidences and reneging on agreements between Israel and Jordan that certainly has a hand in the cause and has put King Abdullah between a rock and a hard place keeping the Jordanians in line with the 1994 treaty first in July 2017 an Israeli security guard killed two Jordanians in the compound of Israel's embassy in Amman in self-defense but the Jordanians had already had enough of another problem the Palestinian problem by then it really is the Palestinian problem that is the issue with the Jordanian people. Second President Trump moving the US Embassy to Jerusalem favors the Jews over the Palestinians in the eyes of the Arab world. Third israel has dragged its feet over fulfilling the 2015 agreement to build a water desalinization plant to the Jordanians it appears the Israelis don't keep their word fourth the king faces increasing pressure from the people to cancel the entire peace agreement with Israel over the country's treatment of the Palestinians then the United States recognized Israeli sovereignty over all of Jerusalem and relocated the US Embassy from Tel Aviv to Israel's capital the entire Arab world has been in knots over the appearance that the US favors Jews more than Palestinians the fifth reason for the Jordanian people is the US cutting aid to Palestinians. At the beginning of the year Jordanian citizens gradually began to demonstrate against the government due to a series of economic and political moves. In September protesters brought up the treaties approaching expiration date which had been renewed every year since 1994. The trade unions in Jordan, important leaders of public opinion, joined the protest, which led to a mass rally with hundreds of participants. In addition, dozens of members of parliament signed a petition calling for the directives in the treaty concerning the two enclaves not to be renewed. So this thing moved up from the people to the parliament. King Abdullah's decision to not renew the land lease is a concession to the protesters. It is compensation for the poor economy and a salve on the wound of Jerusalem. There have been unsubstantiated rumors here that I have not spoken of about various coups against the king. This non-renewal is King Abdullah's compromise with the people of Jordan. But these situations are contributing factors They are not the spiritual or prophetic cause of Jordan's withdrawal from the lease So what is the cause, biblically and prophetically speaking? The root cause is the ongoing civil war between the houses of Judah and Israel that started 2,900 years ago. A war that has caused both houses to go into exile and continue in exile to this day. The focal point of this war today is the Palestinian issue. The Palestinian issue is the cause of the problem between Israel and Jordan. So it's the war causing the Palestinian issue and the Palestinian issue causing problems between Israel and Jordan a tit-for-tat game could be coming between the two countries Alan Baker a veteran diplomat and former legal advisor to the foreign minister who is now director of the international law program at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs said Israel allows planes to and from Jordan to overfly its airspace saving considerable time and money Baker who was part of the team that negotiated the treaty with Jordan said Israel also allows Jordanian trucks to use Israel's ports these two are things that Israel could decide to withhold Jordan is expected to try in the coming year to achieve a better deal for continuation of the leasing. The announcement about a refusal to renew the annexation arrangement provides an opening for renewed negotiations with Israel about the leasing conditions and use of the two enclaves. Israel is expected to begin negotiations with Jordan in the coming year with the aim of leaving the areas in question under Israeli control in my opinion this non-renewal is just a glitch a small blip on the peace radar the peace treaty may yet be salvaged I'll tell you about that in a minute but Jordan's withdrawal for any reason could be could be a sign that judgment is starting in the house of Yahweh prophetically even if Israel and Jordan get into a sparring match and split completely Sunni dominated Jordan will still be overrun by the Iranian Shiites when the time comes no matter how much of a war Israel and Jordan engage in in the meantime Israeli farmers could continue to work the annexed land in the enclaves reclaimed by Jordan This will be accomplished by Israeli farmers registering as Jordanian companies under a compromise deal emerging from talks between Jerusalem and Amman that began on Monday, October 22nd. And now, Smokey, we got us a caravan. Don't think the U.S. is not paying a price for meddling in Israel's affairs the throng moving toward America's southern border is not moving that way because the folks are friendly it's a warning from Yahweh to Trump to stop messing with Israel to stop going after the prize he so desperately wants why do I say this northward bound throng is a warning? there's another one right behind it Department of Homeland is tracking members of this new caravan, including a 230-member WhatsApp group that intends to leave on October 31st. This one is from El Salvador. President Donald Trump's failed Middle East policies are the reason for this migrant invasion of the weak southern U.S. border his failed policies have allowed Israel's arch enemies Iran and Hezbollah to park themselves in close strategic positions to Israel from which they will invade when Yahweh gives the green light if I am right about the four plus one coalition being the king of the north then you need to understand that the King of the North is Yahweh's tool that he will use to punish both houses of Judah and Israel it is quite possible that this caravan is an instrument of Yahweh to save the US Senate from being taken by the Democrats you might ask what interest Yahweh has in American politics His interests lie in fulfilling his promises. He always uses human situations and conditions to accomplish his purposes. The Democrats could prevent Trump from continuing on the path set before him by Yahweh. So, I believe it is possible that this caravan might work in favor of the ruling Republican Party. Trump has warned about the weakness of the southern border. Now, Americans are seeing the evidence if they feel insecure enough they will vote in another Republican House and this time the Republicans might not be so quick to oppose Trump because they will realize they're there because the American people believe Trump is right about the border problem and their security but what are Americans to believe about this border situation? the fake and confusing news being brought to you by well just about anyone with a microphone or laptop is shaping what will happen in two weeks in the US elections let's take a look at the fake news floating around rumors say that George Soros is behind the immigrant caravan According to Wired.com, journalists are traveling with the caravan, but even their on-the-ground reporting is competing with so much false information out there and sometimes being co-opted by it, making it difficult to sort fact from fiction. One viral tweet spreading misinformation takes an ABC News video Out of context and uses it as proof that the caravan is part of a liberal agenda to bring migrants into the US. In fact, the clip shows a few Mexican drivers taking pity on some in the caravan and picking them up in their trucks as the reporter on the ground describes. The caravan's organization has been a major focus of politicians and misinformation campaigns. The Honduran government, attempting to downplay the dangerous conditions in the country, has claimed the caravan is an effort to destabilize the nation. The Daily Beast reports that it was actually an inaccurate news report on television in Honduras falsely promising that their food and transportation would be paid for by a former politician that inspired many people to begin walking. Some migrants interviewed by the Daily Beast say that since the trip to the U.S. is so dangerous, they decided to join the caravan in the hopes of benefiting from safety in numbers. One online conspiracy theory pushed by sites like Infowars says the migrants in the caravan are getting rides paid for by wealthy bankers and that they are organized by immigration advocacy groups Last week, Florida Congressman Matt Goetz asked on Twitter whether liberal philanthropist George Soros or U.S.-backed NGOs are behind it Some message boards are more blunt suggesting it's not merely Soros but a vast Jewish cabal that's driving the caravan let me interject here if any have something to gain by this caravan it is Donald Trump and the Republicans in this election this throng of immigrants surely raises security questions hammered on by Trump and the Republicans, doesn't it? another inaccuracy being repeated on social media and YouTube is that the caravan will soon merge with another more than 40,000 Mexican migrants and flood over the border just after the midterms when Wired called one of the listed numbers the militia member who answered said that the 42,000 number was bogus and that government officials have told the group that the caravan consists of around 7,000 people, a figure in line with on-the-ground reports. President Trump and Vice President Pence have both added to the confusion repeatedly suggesting among other things that Middle Easterners are among the migrants. So far on the ground reporters have been unable to corroborate this. Rumors about Middle Eastern terrorists going through the Mexican border have circulated for years and they have largely been debunked. But here's a question were 100 ISIS terrorists caught in Guatemala as a Central American caravan headed to the US? Two different news stories corroborated the impression that Trump and Pence have given that ISIS terrorists were traveling with a group of migrants from Central America. There is confusion So much confusion that Campbell Soup is facing calls for boycott after one of its executives tweeted a conspiracy theory involving billionaire George Soros and a migrant caravan from Honduras. Vice President of Government Affairs Kelly Johnston suggested that Soros Open Society Foundation planned and is carrying out the 5,000-person caravan making its way from Central America to the U.S. He also said the foundation has an army of American immigration lawyers waiting at the border. In his tweet, Johnston also said Soros's foundation had orchestrated everything, including where the migrants defecate. I am no fan of Soros but I am less a fan of lies if Soros is involved and we all know he's a billionaire bully who has stirred up a lot of trouble worldwide then let the record stand the record is bad enough by itself and indicts Soros plenty on its own we don't need embellishment because embellishment is lying that will eventually make people stop seeing the real truth political.com says the last thing the left wants prior to the midterms is an image dramatizing the weakness of our southern border it's certainly true that Trump and his allies have thrown up a lot of chaff around the caravan It's not being paid for by George Soros as Congressman Matt Getz insinuated. There's no evidence that it is infiltrated by unknown Middle Easterners as Trump tweeted before walking it back. Trump at times loosely talks as if the caravan is a democratic conspiracy which obviously isn't true either but he gets the big point right. We have borders and we should enforce them. Whatever trumps exaggerations, the caravan itself isn't a fabrication. It started as a group of 160 people in Honduras. It quickly grew to 1,600. Guatemala tried to close its border to the immigrants but rapidly gave in. By the time the caravan reached the Mexican border it had gathered about 3,000 people and grew to as large as 7,000 as it crossed into Mexico. The media has run with the story because it isn't every day that a group of thousands of migrants crashes through a Mexican border crossing in defiance of the governments of Mexico and the U.S. The images of a throng of migrants as far as the eye can see on a Mexican highway or of migrants hanging off a truck are compelling. To watch the response of progressive commentators has been no fair there have been complaints that the New York Times ran front page photos of the caravan two days running drawing comparisons with the newspaper's supposedly disproportionate coverage of the Clinton email scandal then there's the footage on TV make no mistake Bill Maher says the TV media is helping Trump and his enablers win the upcoming election This is all misbegotten. Rather than urging that the media ignore the caravan, Democrats would be better advised to lessen their vulnerability on immigration by not treating concerns over border security as inherently fake or hateful. How hard would it be to say that this isn't how people should enter the United States? That it's an affront to immigrants who have scrupulously followed the rules that the caravan should disperse and legitimate asylum seekers try to get protection in Mexico long before they reach the US border asked about Trump's tone on the caravan Senator Kamala Harris made it sound as though it'd be un-American to turn the migrants away we are a country that our strength has always been that we are a tolerant country that we are welcoming in particular to those who have fled harm she denounced vilifying some group for the sake of fear-mongering and politics another typical response is to tisk tisk worries about the border by citing a decline in illegal border crossings since the 2000s But this misses the point. Our laws and rules have conspired to render the southern border almost null and void for the category of migration that has been growing at the most rapid clip families and minors from Central America. What migrants in the caravan understand is that as members of a family unit from Central America if they set foot in the United States they have a good chance of staying. Hundreds of migrants from a 1,500 strong caravan earlier this year reportedly made it into the United States. The so-called Flores settlement an anti-trafficking law affecting minors from non-contiguous countries and lax asylum policies mean that migrants can surrender to border agents and probably get a bus ticket to somewhere in the interior of the country pending proceedings for which they may never show up this is an enormous incentive to make the trek and it's reflected in the increased arrivals of family units from Central America the caravan is dramatic but it isn't different in kind from the daily reality on the border of Central American miners and members of family units showing up and getting in Trump is correct that this is an insane way for a sovereign country to run its immigration policy, and that pub- Republicans want to try to fix it by tightening the rules, while Democrats support the latitudinarian status quo. Stay tuned, I'll be right back after these messages. Thank you for listening to the Jerusalem Report on Beast Watch News. Full news coverage with a Hebraic perspective of the headlines fulfilling Bible prophecy. Remember to financially and prayerfully support Beast Watch News for keeping you up to date. Send your donation to Beast Watch News today. It takes money to operate this ministry and your help is much appreciated. If Trump's opponents don't want to see more caravans on TV they could agree that the border shouldn't be arbitrarily open to a swath of migrants from Central America and help do something about it. They have no interest in doing this of course so they can only cry foul when Trump points out the obvious deficiency in the current system and hope news organizations don't notice a group of thousands of people heading north to try to take advantage of our laxity well I ask could this be the fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy about turmoil in Babylon the continued turmoil between the Democrats and Republicans who are led by Obama Clinton and Soros against Donald Trump and Mike Pence Jeremiah 51.46 says, Lest your heart faint and you fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land, a rumor shall both come one year and after that in another year shall come a rumor and violence in the land, ruler against ruler. Now, Israel's border problem. Despite Trump's attempts to kick Iran out of Syria, the Iranians have decided they are going to stay in Syria and are solidifying their positions in Iraq militarily and inside Baghdad's government at the same time. Not only are they staying, but both Iran and Russia are upping their game with new strategies to defeat old enemies. The Russians are learning and experimenting in the field through joint and combined operations. Iran is always learning and adapting to a changed military and political events. Turkey, a NATO ally, has been engaged with Russia and Iran in deconflicting air and ground operations and has some problems because most of its senior generals are in jail following a failed 2016 coup. As for the United States, its military is so large that it remains a power with some very fast moving units that can respond to rapidly changing circumstances but can be encumbered by its vast size but the fundamental rot of the Assad regime throws into question whether Damascus with the backing of the Russians and the Iranians can hold the territory that it has reclaimed from the Islamic State and Al Qaeda and by defeating forces originally backed by the United States already the Sunni extremists are showing signs of regaining strength and that could scare off European and Japanese investors who earlier expressed an interest in reconstruction projects in Syria. Asaf Orion a military fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy said for all parties including Israel this is a long war that will continue Israel believes Iran is building precise guided missile factories on Iraqi soil according to an official source quoted by Israel Hayom adding that it threatens turning Iraq into yet another frontier for conflict between the two adversaries on top of Syria and Lebanon Iran is spreading both its influence and its physical presence in swaths of territory in the Middle East including Iraq where it is focused on growing its political and military influence. It is said that Iran's dream is to consecrate the Shia crescent through gaining a firm foothold in Iraq which would create a continuous land corridor of Iranian influence from the Islamic Republic through Iraq, Syria and to Lebanon. The U.S. is on board with Israel's intention to remove Iran from Syria. The U.S. military base in Al-Tanf in southeast Syria opened its doors to reporters last Monday during the visit of Army General Joseph Votel who leads the U.S. Central Command. It was the first time that media members gained access to the garrison which opened in 2015. The U.S. commander said the outpost near the Iraq and Jordan borders still serves an important purpose even though U.S. and coalition troops have largely eliminated ISIS from the area but he said the overall mission has not shifted into a counter-Iran campaign this is what you call negative rhetoric it is negative because it doesn't fit with what the White House says and what it is doing Meanwhile, on Tuesday, Lebanon's Hezbollah and Iranian forces re-infiltrated Syria's south and areas close to the border with the occupied Golan Heights and the border with Jordan. Reliable sources said some 1,600 members were persuaded by Hezbollah to deploy in southern Syria in exchange for attractive salaries of up to $300 per person. Israel's border with Gaza continues to escalate toward full-fledged war. The Israeli military struck eight Hamas targets in three different military compounds in the Gaza Strip late Wednesday night after a rocket fired from Gaza landed in an unpopulated area. Iron Dome failed to knock down a Gaza rocket again just as happened a week ago when a house in Beersheba was struck by a Gaza missile. The targets included a military compound in the northern Gaza Strip, a training base and a weapon production and storage site in the southern Gaza Strip. Speculation about a potential offensive on Gaza has been swirling for days as the IDF stationed around 60 tanks and armored personnel carriers near the Palestinian border in what may be the largest military deployment since 2014's Operation Protective Edge. Lieberman pinned the blame for the escalation on Hamas and claimed that there is no popular uprising in Gaza and that Palestinians taking part in protests are on Hamas's payroll Palestinians say they are protesting of their own free will to counter Israeli oppression over 200 Palestinians have been killed including medics and journalists and more than 22,000 injured since border protests that great march of return began last March Israel has also intensified demolition of Palestinian villages in the West Bank to make way for the expansion of more Jewish settlements so once again it is the Palestinian issue the ancient house of Judah and house of Israel issue playing itself out Israel is now saying there is no choice but full-on war with Gaza now we're gonna talk about chipping experts admit that so far getting humans to adopt microchip implants has been a tough sell many Christians reject them because of concern they could be a prelude to the mark of the beast which Revelation chapter 13 says will be a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads but the marketing tipping point for implantable chips writes the Atlantic will come when they become so useful they're hard to refuse when their benefits outweigh our anxieties about them and it could happen sooner than you think right now thousands of people in countries like Germany and Sweden have already opted to get chipped for easier financial transactions Sven Becker head of I am robot tells euro news that 2000 to 3500 people in Germany have implanted a microchip under their skin as a substitute for key cards to the gym office and house but some believe medical and health monitoring features will be what takes implanted chips mainstream. Kayla Heffernan a researcher in the Department of Computing and Information Systems at the University of Melbourne School of Engineering told the Atlantic that people are already used to putting devices in their bodies. Pacemakers are routine surgery, Plastic surgery is less taboo now, Heffernan said. Hundreds of thousands of American bodies now contain cochlear implants, IUDs, nerve stimulators, artificial joints, implantable birth control rods, and beyond. So, as we've become more comfortable with this, insertables become more acceptable. In Sweden, a pioneer in what's known as biohacking, which is adding cybernetic devices to living things, as many as 4,000 people have implanted microchips, usually for convenience features, essentially turning their hands into contactless credit cards, key cards, and even rail cards the microchips are injected into the back of the hand between the thumb and index finger but more people than just Christians oppose the biohacking trend the website Futurism calls it a digital security nightmare besides being vulnerable to hackers a chip implanted in your body means they could track where you are, how long you take for lunch every day or how many times you went to the bathroom if the chip were scanned by a reader futurism writes and opting out of this kind of data collection is a lot more convoluted when you've got a chip implanted in your bodily tissues if you want to go off the grid in even the smallest way you can leave your wallet at home but removing a microchip requires a bit more um effort last but not least russia is making veiled threats against the west last week President Vladimir Putin said if any nation decides to attack Russia with nuclear weapons it may end life on earth but unlike the aggressors the Russians are sure to go to heaven any aggressor should know that retribution will be inevitable and he will be destroyed and since we will be the victims of his aggression we will be going to heaven as martyrs They will simply drop dead, won't even have time to repent," he said. He added that Russia's nuclear forces are not tailored for a preemptive strike. They exist as a second-strike capability meant to deter an attack by a foreign nation. The Russian nuclear doctrine, however, allows for the use of this weapon in a conventional conflict, but only if Russia's existence is at stake. Therein lies the rub. How will Russia determine if its existence is at stake? A statement made this week may hold the key to understanding This presumably gives the Russian military a loophole to use tactical nuclear weapons in the case of a large-scale invasion. So this week, let's get a handle on how Russia will define its existence being at stake. Putin said this week, the deployment of U.S. intermediate-range missiles in Europe would force Russia to target the nations hosting them. So this is how Putin will determine if Russia's existence is at stake U.S. missiles being hosted in Europe Putin's stern warning on Wednesday followed U.S. President Donald Trump's weekend announcement that he intends to opt out of a landmark nuclear arms control pact over alleged Russian violations Putin rejected Trump's claim that Russia breached the 1987 Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. He alleged it was the United States that violated that agreement. Putin says he hopes to discuss the issue with Trump in Paris on the sideline of November 11 events marking 100 years since Armistice Day. He added that if the U.S. deploys intermediate missiles in Europe, Russia would have to respond by targeting the countries where the missiles are based. There will come a day when the U.S. and Russia will have direct combat. The U.S. will have to respond to an attack by Russia to European nations housing U.S. missiles because of the NATO agreement. Folks, this war that has been talked about for such a long time is coming. No one knows when the first strike will happen, but it will happen. That's it for this Beastwatch News Update. This is Kimberly Rogers-Brown signing off. Click over to beastwashnews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of day's Bible prophecy.